If you followed Husky football your whole life, like Steele, too, and I, you would be superstitious. You weren't born here, Yella. You didn't travel to games. You didn't get burned by the Bruins in 1990 because of a brilliant shotgun offensive scheme by Terry Donahue to negate Washington and Steve Entman's killer defense, which cost Washington back-to-back -back national titles, or Bill McCartney in an ass-whooping by Colorado, or Alan Rossum, Derek Mays, and Notre Dame, or Pat Johnson's punt return and touchdown in my corner of the end zone to knock Washington out of the Rose Bowl, or the swirling seagulls in the east end zone as John Wales missed two chip-shop field goals versus the Ducks to knock Lambeau out of the Rose Bowl, John Fylas dropped interception versus Brad Otten and Keyshawn Johnson to break a tie game to send Lambeau to the Rose Bowl in 1995. Or Brock Hurd and Corey Dillon's short comeback versus Arizona State in 1996 to send Lambeau to his second Rose Bowl. Or New High Siles, 12 men, in the big house versus Michigan, which Pup and Steel 2 were at. The dogs won the game aside from Ricky Dick's fuck-up. Or Tui's short drive versus Ducks in 2000, which just came up short of a national title with many of Lambeau's players. You buttfucks here don't understand why real dolphins are superstitious. Do me a favor, zip up the labius and stop with the superstitious questions. Dog fans have their reasons. I could list 100 others. I just chose a few important ones. Another one! Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. <laughs> you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, uh, one interesting thing in the news, though, is uh, seeing Michael Penix retweet something from Washington Huskies Hockey that he was, like, reading the uh, lineups in the locker room before the, the game. And, uh, of course, the stunning re revelation there for me personally was that I didn't know the Huskies had a hockey team. So, <laughs> so did you guys know that? I had no – I'd never heard of that. I don't, th I don't think so, no. They beat the USS team. Willamette 13 to nothing or something. I don't know what happened there, but uh, oh, I, I didn't think that joke would land. Team. Okay. <laughs> I assume it's a club team. Oh, I don't even know, and I don't even really care. But uh, I was just like, oh, let me <laughs> go over and see what's going on Michael Penix's uh, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Twitter account. And uh, it's like, I like, oh, there's the, Husky. I think the new, I think the rule is to introduce a new sport, you have to uh, have a woman's, um. <clears throat> you know, a woman's team of the same sport, so, or else you're a club. So I think 
you know, like UW has a rugby team, but it's a club because I don't think they have a women's rugby club. So you can't, they can't get funded by, you know, by the state and the school. What are you saying, so, Joey? Women can't play rugby? I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not. never said that. So, no, I'm just, anyway, I'm just clarifying, and I think it has to be a club. If total, not, totally you know, joking, whatever. of course. <laughs> I so, don't think it's anyways, joking. I think this is, <laughs> I think this is this a is setup. <laughs> How back. can I remove Joey from the podcast to bring in SEC dogs? <laughs> and, and how can I do it smooth like? <laughs> so, anyways, in all seriousness, uh, or, or, or maybe not, but what? Anything going on Husky wise with you guys? Anything you've read, seen, talked about? Uh, did. Speaking of checking in on Twitter, did uh, DeBoer uh, like a conspiracy tweet about DeMar Hamlin? I can't. Oh, I don't know if I saw it. I don't know if I saw that on the boards, but or if it was like a Photoshop. But someone, uh, someone on Twitter, I feel like had uh, shared, like, sent a screenshot, and it was like uh, uh, DeBoer had liked one of those. Like Demar Hamlin, like conspiracy <laughs> tweets. I was like, oh shit! Uh, please God, no. Uh, but my guess was, even if it did happen, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just like lazy or like wanted to thought it was just like didn't look and thought it was just something positive and was like, yeah. Uh, didn't read the actual tweet that it was like right like clone clone conspiracy theory uh, tweet. But no, I don't have. It's been a quiet. I'm enjoying my kind of like that bowl season. Uh, we kind of have, you know, that that calm before you know your bowl hits. You get that kind of right now. You kind of get that. Uh, it's a little break in the off season, Maddie. I feel like time wise, there's not a whole lot of stress going on. So I'm, I'm taking it in. Cause then, yeah. Well, maybe, and I'm being totally serious now. Uh, maybe you guys can answer a question for me because I was reading conflicting things. Is Dill Johnson uh, still a Husky, or is he going back to Michigan uh, to Mississippi State? Uh, uh, Joey can chime in, but what I had heard is that he is probably like it's most likely that he's going to now come. He's going to come to Washington, though it looked bad for a minute, but they're still working things out. AKA, I think doing some. <laughs> hostage negotiation with the fucking NIL thing now. And, uh, yeah, I'd heard there was, like, something where, like, trying to work on his family and I think how many people they can pay to send out to games and stuff like that or not. Because uh, I know someone had said with, like, Penix and Cam Bright last year, I don't know how many family members, but part of the deal is that, like, the university pays for their family to travel to, to games. I don't know how many and if that – Counts away games, but yeah. I, I every time it's every time something like this is vague, I always think it's some sort of uh, academics issue because they never just come out and say like, uh, "Yeah, I don't have a, I don't, I'm not meeting the qualifications yet, and I'm working really hard. I've got you know two classes to take. Like it's 
they never just come out and say that. So whenever it's vague and it's all weird and goofy, I, I just start thinking like, oh, it's got to be some weird, you know, academics thing where he 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 didn't take you know French three, he took French two or something, something really stupid, you know. And yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It's like they don't want to be shamed on on social media for you know for not being. Uh, "Quote unquote smart enough to get in or whatever." It's like, yeah, we don't. The fans don't give a shit. Just score touchdowns and you know, we'll, we'll move on and be fine. But we don't. We don't fucking care, you know. I'm I'm trying yeah. to think back. There was uh what was the name of that kid that he played for? Um, I hear my voice echoing back, so hopefully you guys aren't hearing that. Um, he he played he played defensive end for Garfield, and he was an absolute monster on the field. But he couldn't qualify, so he, at Washington, but he went to Cal. I, I don't oh. think he really panned out. DeAndre I'm not even Coleman? sure why I'm bringing him. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah. And I remember, uh, and I remember standing. I don't know. Was I? I think I was filling in at the Issaquah Press or something, or were they playing Woodenville that day? I can't remember. He was the no, first. He was the first commitment for the class of 2009, I think, and then uh, okay, that would have been, but well, which would have been the uh, you know, which would have been the preseason of uh, 2008. I think he was the first commit, and then he fucking ba- he uh, left, well, wisely because you know why would you, you know, he committed to tie, and then yeah. Well, there's three guys ever that I've, like, stood on the sideline during warm-ups, and they're right in front of me, and I'm going, wow, that guy looks the part. And it was him, and then the other two would have been um, uh, would have been Jacob Sermon. Uh, but I had my own opinions, of course, when he started playing, but when he's warming up, he looked like a god, you know. And then, uh, who was the other guy? Casey uh, Williams. And I remember I was at he he I was you know standing like ten feet in front of him and it was like my God he looks like he can play in the NFL right now. But, you're, ta- you're talking in person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because because uh, I could go like not in person, but yeah, I mean like watching you know watching high school on TV. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean you could go, you know Reggie. When Reggie was, uh, yeah, didn't they? They won the state title, right, for Lakes, or did they lose the state title? I can't remember. But when he was playing on TV, you know, it was like a big deal because you know Reggie was going to be on TV. You know, we all heard about him and all that, all that shit. And then he was on TV, and like you looked at him one time on the field with all those, all those other kids, and you're like, holy shit! Like he's, it's like. It, it is real. It's not. It's not a fucking. You know, it's not Sasquatch or. You know, like, it's not some mythical figure. Like he's he's like real and. and well, I remember. And the I, same thing. Same thing with. Uh, yeah, I got to throw in Lochner. You know, watching Lochner. Uh, <laughs> beat beat Kennedy. You know, single handedly. Well, I remember interviewing Reggie Williams after the 2003 Apple Cup. And um, and I had, uh, you know, shoes on, and he was standing in his socks, um, and and he was still towering over me. And I was like, wow, you know, 
I mean, I'm I'm regular height, but I mean, I just remember. Yeah. Uh, but he was already what two or three two three years into his career at that point, but. And uh, did you guys know that Reggie Williams played for the Sacramento Mountain Lions? <laughs> I think I saw some. I think I saw something like that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. There was like a couple times where they've tried to like start weird like new football leagues like that, where I feel like they actually they had some decent names of like guys, college, former college stars. And he, like, that was one of those leagues, but then they like literally were defunct. Like, I don't think they even like made it half a season. So I do remember that being like, I don't remember feeling that, you know, uh, good for him about that. It was like, Jesus, like at that point, he was probably, I think he's only a couple, he was like right out of the NFL or something. Pretty young, probably still in his twenties. Yeah. It's not, well, he you know, only, not, yeah. He only played five years in the NFL. Yeah. All with yeah. Jacksonville. He also had, like, people, which I feel like happens to a lot of guys who get labeled bus, you know, for every school. But he had a couple – he had, like, a year at Jacksonville where it looked like – he had a pretty good year. Like, it looked like he was going to be, like, uh, a breakout player. I think he had, like, five or six touchdowns, if not more. But then, like, the next he year, he either got hurt – yeah, ten. Yeah, then they're like the, everyone acts like. Yeah, everyone acts like he like never did anything. Like he had a good year. Then I think the next year he got injured or something early, and then just completely disappeared. Like I think I think he had some off the field off the field stuff that probably contributed to his lack of career development. But yeah, he wasn't just a complete like never did anything bust. No, no, no. But uh, well, people here's the like sad that. part. And it's like, and this might sound like I'm mocking and I'm not. Uh, I'm just like stunned as I read this because I've never even heard of the Sacramento Mountain Lions until three <laughs> minutes ago. Um, but it says he signed with Sacramento on July 7th, 2011. And he made his debut on September 18th. And then on October 4th, he was released by the Mountain Lions. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't even make it through the year. So something, something, his head must have not been right or something. Oh, my God. Police, Houston police tasered him. Yeah, at no, a, that was uh, at a, at a nightclub in 2009. Well, I think he had a, I think he had a drinking and a drug problem. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go into it, but I, yeah. We don't need to deep dive on a, that, but. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently his life is in order now. So, well, see, it sounds like he had some sort of a relationship going with the uh, with the U Dub. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I read something three or four months ago, and he was around doing something. So, uh, they did like yeah. uh, he was a Husky legend this year. I mean, so I think they've probably. Uh, maybe they kind of weren't interacting with him for a while, but now they are. I mean, uh, he's, if nothing else, he's also a great ruler for me for like when people talk about, you know, great, great Husky receivers and Pac-12 receivers right now, like a guy where it's like, 
as good as like McMillan or O'Dunn's they are, I'm like, they're not Reggie Williams. Like to me, it's kind of the ruler for like a receiver that can really win you a game on it on his own. Like, you know, obviously he was a top 10 pick and everything for those reasons, but like, he's a rare guy, but like that's mm-hmm. to me, that's like, that's a difference, difference making receiver is Reggie Williams. Is like the only true one that the Washington's ever had in my lifetime. You know, physically, he was a poor man's um, DK Metcalf. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, at the time, too, it was just such a different time where now I feel like with the level of training and uh, all of that, you know, you see a lot more guys like that, but you just didn't really see that many guys who were like 6'4", 215, 220 playing receiver who could run 4'4s. You know, uh, yeah. back then that was like that was rare. Or those guys got all those guys got moved to those guys played like linebacker or something. So yeah, he was uh, also ahead of his time too. He was like one of those first guys to be like hmm. that. And I remember his uh, very first game as a pure freshman, and and New Heisel opens up by throwing to him, and even though he dropped it, uh, I loved I loved that. Hmm. That's and, a magical and you game. Guys, yeah. Magical, yeah. It, it, it magical in the sense that we we really played like shit, and yet we win with the uh, the two miracles there, mm-hmm. right before nine eleven. Yeah, and, I mean, also, um, I was saying, yeah, specifically with the Reggie Williams thing, because again, like at the time, college football, true freshmen did it. Like it was a different time. True freshmen were like playing and you know, in the very first game, having, like, a 100-yard receiving game just did not happen. Like, that's how special he was. Uh, you know, people kind of forget that I was, like, a true freshman was a much bigger plane, was a much bigger deal back then. And I, um, I, as you guys know, I've never really been that big into recruiting, but there's maybe been three or four times ever where I've been so excited about a recruit and, and us getting him, and, and Reggie was one of them, so... Yeah, that would be an interesting uh, pod or post. Just like the most excited recruits you've been, the recruits you've been the most excited for, you know, coming in, and he's definitely he'd probably be my top one that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, Shaq hmm. Thompson was pretty was pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Tosh did was Tosh the one that brought him in? Yeah. I mean, allegedly, you know, could it could have been a <laughs> could have been a booster with a big big bag of money, but you know. Well, I wasn't even implying anything uh, underhanded going on or anything. Uh, I know he's known for that. <laughs> well, I really wasn't. I was oh, just I, saying. I was trying to I, connect the dots. Oh, I, I am, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I think there might have been some dealings, but you know, at the time, you also got to factor in. I mean, like everyone was going to do dealings with him, so I don't think like I don't think that was a deal where he was like, you know, I assume he didn't just go to like. I'm sure there were schools that could outbid Washington for his services, so I'm guessing it might have been more of like he's going to get paid wherever he goes. And so if Washington, if he's going to Washington, he's, you know, 
he's getting paid. Uh, I thought there was like also everyone kind of forgot because uh, his brother Sid Quan Thompson, who everyone forgot about, who was a super good college player, hmm. and he was committed to he was committed to Cal for a long time, and I thought they stole they stole like another coach from it was a Kisau, I think coached uh, might have coached uh, Sid Quan Thompson, and there was also a connection there that was. Just that was right there with with uh, the whole Tosh thing that everyone kind of forgot about. There was something like that too. What was the name of that safety around that same time that we got, and he never really panned out? I was always so hopeful on him, and and he he allegedly told uh, Sark to fuck off when Sark met with the team <laughs> and announced he was going to USC. Allegedly said that. <laughs> Yeah, who was that? I know exactly what you're talking about. Mark something, or I want to say M. And and I remember he had an interception in the back of the end zone against Cal one of those years, um, but it, it never really seemed to quite pan out. But you looked at him and go, "Well, that guy looks like he looks the part." Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a safety. Yeah. Say it again. Say that again. He was a big recruit. Oh, I thought you said his name. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, as I recall, he was like a four-star. It's not Sean Parker, is it? <laughs> Sean, Sean Parker. Parker. Never uh, mind the M. Sean Parker. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here's he trigger, one, he, trigger warning. Trigger warning for some of the people on the board. I fucking hated Sean Parker. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Why hey. did you hate him? Because I okay. You want to talk getting excited about commitments? <clears throat> you know, Wednesdays are Wednesdays have been my days off for I don't know twenty years, right? So I'm up in the morning. My wife's up. She's getting ready for work, and we're watching. You know, ESPN signing day, it was like 7.30 or 8, 8 in the morning or whatever. And uh, Sean Parker's committing on national TV to the Huskies. And I was like, I was like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. Because I, I, uh, I think it was pretty, uh, I think it was kind of a long shot, if I remember right, that he was yeah. going to commit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my even my wife is standing there and she goes, that's pretty cool, actually. I go, fuck yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like all jacked up for Sean Parker, and I don't think he did. He didn't do really anything his whole career. He he played a lot, and there was a lot of there was a lot of misplays. You know, he's got he's got one big mis- play. You're forgetting his one big play. What was that? Won them a game. Won them a game. The Beaver game in 2012, oh, yeah. uh, he, yeah. he cheap shots. I don't know if it's an intentional cheap shot, but he definitely helmets the helmets and knocks out Marcus Wheaton cold pretty early in the game. And then I think, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Justin Glenn picks it off. <laughs> this year, uh, they had Justin Glenn for something. Uh, and then so UW football Twitter shared that clip, and, and rightfully Beaver people were like, uh, I, I wouldn't share that clip because, like, 
Sean Parker <laughs> fucking straight up helmet to helmet Wheaton and knocks him out cold. <laughs> it doesn't get flagged. Uh, and it was huge. It, yeah, Marcus Wheaton was super good. And uh, there, there's a very good chance they don't win that game if they don't uh, knock him out of the game pretty early. So good, good on – that was the one play I can fucking remember from Sean Parker. He was just – he was undersized and he was, you know – one of those guys who I think before people had, you know, geniuses like me and Joey had figured out the recruiting rankings more where you're like, oh, this guy who's like, you know, four-star recruit, uh, but really he's like the 298th rated player in the country. And, you know, he's not really turning down Texas and Alabama and USC. Those schools offered him at one point, but (laughs) didn't really want him that bad. Like we didn't, I think people didn't realize that's like a lot, a lot more recruits than you think. So we were, we were stoked. And it was one of the early days of like Washington getting four star level recruits again. Well, well you know, I, that think part that, was, uh, <clears throat> I think that those recruiting services basically go on the, uh, the recruits word of, you know, Hey, yeah. what are your new offers? Oh, I have I have these fifteen offers, you know, and and thirteen of them are you know uh, not not committable offers, you know. It's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got fifteen offers, and what what is uh you know what is like Greg Biggins going to do? Say like yeah, can you put those in front of me and fax me those so I can double check and make sure that. Those are committable offers. Like, no, he's trying to get, he's trying to get on the good side of the, uh, you know, of the recruit, and he's not going to call him out for being like, oh yeah, you're getting, you're getting uh, bamboozled here, kid. You you only have, you know, thirteen, uh, or you only have two uh, committable offers, and they're both to Yale and Army. <laughs> Which yeah, wouldn't I think, be too uh, bad if it was nineteen forty two, but. Exactly. Yeah. I think Sean Parker specifically. I feel like he like specifically was like over USC and like Miami, which maybe Miami had already sucked at that point. But you're like USC was definitely like. I'm like I yeah. I'm sure he got those offers like, or he got a letter and then didn't realize that the letter didn't doesn't mean that those. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're, you're dead on, and I think now that's cleaned up a little bit because the guys all put their offers on Twitter and I don't think you can't like, I don't think they can put, you know, bullshit offers on Twitter. Uh, you know, so I think that's a good point. They could. Well, unless it's a secret verbal. Let's stop it. I think they do, but I think it's more bold. Uh, you know, I'm still waiting for the, I guess he doesn't talk. He won't talk to anybody, but I'm still waiting on, the greatest 30 for 30 of all time of that guy who had the, the kid who had the fake, fake, uh, fake like press conference and event in his gym and he committed to Cal. Kevin <laughs> Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Well, I don't even was remember that. that. Was oh, it Kevin yeah. Hart? Uh, it's something Hart. I think it might be Kevin Hart. Uh, yeah. You don't, yeah, it was early. It was before the internet and <clears throat> like social media is oh. what it is now. I think. I think I was in college. No, they did. So like, they did a. Uh, they did a. Uh, uh, it's not thirty for thirty, but it's. It's one of those uh, like Jeremy Shack posts it. It's. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called, but they they did do a story. 
on that one. He he went to a. Uh, so this is a video from 2008 when a lineman. <laughs> that was my um, fault. No, it's fine. He, uh, what is going on? Yeah, Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart. Yeah, outside the yeah, line. Uh, outside the line. Outside did, the- a, uh, did a story on it. He uh he he went to a camp. Uh, he went to a camp at up at UW while Tyrone Willingham was the coach. And even Willingham told him he wasn't a D1 player. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. But he had already gone, he had already gone so deep in the woods to be yeah. out of school. Like, you know, I'm getting all these offers when all he was doing was getting, you know, he was just getting letters, like gauging his recruitment or, you know, like, hey, we're uh, we're looking forward to watching you this fall, you know. So, and, and the think, name of it almost, was. I think almost every, I think almost every high school kid gets those. <laughs> you know, like. So the name of the episode was the boy who cried cow. And there's a yeah. picture of him being applauded by his entire high school, and he's wearing a cow. Oh, on. it's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's really Bad. uncomfortable. Oh my god! You can god. even kind of you can once you know, uh, you can see like the posture and like the faces he's making, and you're like, yeah, he's like he got in too deep, and it's kind of like I think I think Manti Teo was a similar thing. I think it happens a lot in life where like you tell one little lie, but then like. To, uh, that leads to like having to tell more and more and more and it builds and builds and builds like yeah then he was like I'm sure someone was like you should have a uh, like a like a George Costanza story <laughs> exactly yeah no I think that's what happened to him yeah I think Joey said that yeah like <laughs> oh. eventually next thing you know uh, yeah you're but, on your way you to know. the Hamptons <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Good one, Joey. <laughs> Should we turn around now? No, let's go feet. all the way. Okay. <laughs> Getting pretty uncomfortable here. Snoopy <laughs> <laughs> and Prickly P. So uh, it looks like here, that, looks like Stetson Bennett was arrested early this morning for public intoxication. Did some, didn't somebody respond by saying that that, uh, that was a video of, uh-huh. of Baker, May, Baker Mayfield? Yeah, but there's a tweet here from PFF College, and it's blue checked for what that's worth. And it says uh-huh. he, was arrested, he was arrested on a public intoxication charge. Good for him. Good, uh, well, I guess we know for sure it's not an underage drinking, uh, not an underage drinking uh, offense because he's what, like twenty-seven at this point. <laughs> uh, well, here's it. And, uh, and by the way, uh, we, we were just talking a second ago about the uh, Kevin Hart and the boy who cried cow. And then somebody's going to PM me and say, send him an invite. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I yeah. uh, wanted, wanted to get that joke in there. But anyways, um, 
Uh, oh, no, come on, Derek, focus. Oh, oh, so I know the one thing was that you can call me a hypocrite a bit if you want because I spent, like, the better part of three years defending Jay Kaner because he looked like he should be, you know, helping somebody with their taxes or something instead of playing football, but I was always a big believer in him and still remain so. Um, but I I look at Stetson Bennett, and the guy's won two national championships and stuff, but I just think he just – I, w- I don't I, – he doesn't look like somebody that I'd want quarterbacking my NFL team, though, so. Oh, fuck no. Uh, yeah, I mean. You know, he looks like a douchebag, too. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> like, yeah, he, looks like, he looks like that guy that uh, somehow, like, he, he's, he looks like that kid that's got just a shitload of money. And it's the only reason uh, kids hang out with him in high school. But then he thinks he's cool. He gets all cocky. And, and uh, you know, it's like it, nobody – these your teammates don't like you. They think you're a dork. You just happen to be, you know, have this good run of playing football. Yeah, I mean uh... – he could, uh, if he, you know, he's not going to make it in the NFL. He could, he could have a, a pretty good career now because, like every movie and TV show, the villain is now uh, this these hypothetical, you know, like rich white kids who are just like terrible and awful. And he, he, he definitely, he, he legit looks like that fucking guy. And maybe he is like, uh, yeah, just, and like, maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe he is. But, I, but he had, just I, look on his face. Yeah. No, he, I agree he with the – if you if you superficially judge him from, you know – to me, it's his under his, – his arm isn't impressive to me, and he looks undersized and stuff, and so, you know, which is what everybody was screaming about with Hayner or whatever, but Hayner's a winner. I like yeah. Hayner. We don't need to go there, though, but um, – the oh, for God's sake, Derek. I was going to make another point. I I wonder if you put Michael Penix on Georgia. You know? <laughs> like, does Georgia ever lose a game? <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in they, if, if they do, it's, it's it's him throwing into triple coverage at the goal line. That's the only way they lose. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but no, they probably don't. So, and if we do get that Dill Johnson guy, that might be worth an extra win from the little video that I've seen of him. So put well, integrating so. him into our offense. My goodness. Yeah. Donate um, to the collective. Put your $5 in. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. As literally I was about ready to send a check for $50 to uh, Ruparaki, and then he got kicked off the team. But I was literally <laughs> – I was days away from sending it in. And saying, "Hey, this is something from Hardcore Husky. You're a legend, you know, or whatever." But then he has to go and assault somebody at a, some donut shop or whatever it was. But well, he he could be a good uh, a good guest to get on the pod at some point. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he maybe he's freed up to come on now. Now that he doesn't have to, you know, repre- represent the school and the, and the team. Uh, yeah, very good. You get him. We can get. We can get uh, Sean McGrew. We can get Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, all, all the all the the <laughs> the ghosts of random players past. You know. <laughs> uh, 
unsung do you guys know that? Do you guys know the name? Uh, I'm going to throw two names at you. Kevin Wilhite and Mike Vindovich. Do you know either of those uh, names? I know You're Mike Vindovich. You're excused if you don't. You uh, do? I think so. I, I don't recall Kevin Wilhite. So Kevin Wilhite, this this was in the early 80s. Kevin Wilhite was the number one running back either on the – I think it was not in the nation, but it was on the West Coast, and he was a perfect 10 on the Long Beach uh, Oh, yeah, well, he was like – okay, well, he might have been one of the first guys that, like, Tom Lemming re- reported uh, uh, like a number one player in the country or something. And then he, uh, the night before signing, because he committed to Washington, and the night before signing day, he committed to Oregon. And he signed with Oregon. And then early in his career, he tore up his knee. And then I remember I was in Austin Stadium for his senior year, and he was playing like fullback for the Ducks and averaging, you know, 22 yards a game or whatever. So um, that was uh, that was one. And Mike Vindovich, though this was when I was like nine years old, uh, but he was, I want to say he was out of Mount Tahoma, and he was like the number one prospect in the state of Washington. And he came to the Huskies as a running back, uh, and then he ended up finishing his career at Puget Sound, I think. I'm oh, doing that yeah. all on memory. Okay, see, I think, uh, I think my dad played against Mike Vindovich. That's how I knew really? about him. Yeah, my yeah my my dad played for Kennedy High School. He played, uh, yeah, like he played in you know games at Memorial Stadium that was like standing room only, you know, like Joe Steele versus Kennedy. You know, I think he was like a sophomore in that game. You know, it was Blanchett versus Kennedy or, you know, those big big games at Memorial Stadium where there'd be like 25,000 people there or something. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, like a ridiculous amount of people. Yeah, Vindovich played two years at Washington, 82 and 83, and he had a grand total of 108 yards and no TDs, and then he left, but... Jeez. And he won a state championship, so. Wow. I remember my first roommate was from Flint, Michigan, and uh, Rainier Beach was playing somebody, and we went to Memorial Stadium there, and um, uh, I remember a fight broke out, and uh, I don't I don't even remember who Rainier Beach was playing, and uh, I can't tell the rest of the story, <laughs> <laughs> I should I shouldn't have I shouldn't have started a story that I couldn't finish, but so anyways. Ran, random thoughts on a Sunday morning here. So Wow. Hey, uh, good good question. Questions? Oh yeah, good idea. Did Mike Vindovich pass away? Hang on oh, real no. quick here. I'm looking it says here an obituary for Mike Vindovich. Oh no, this is some other dude that's ninety years old, lives in Ohio. Pennsylvania. Okay, never mind. Okay. Oh thank God. So let's get to the <laughs> <laughs> That would have ruined my morning. Mike Vindovich died. 
<laughs> Taking the bullet for our Mike Vidovich. <laughs> All right, so questions. Oh, and you guys are on a hard I count love, here, 15 minutes, I right? Love that, uh, I always love that reaction, you know, somebody else dies that you're, you know, you're not thinking <laughs> somebody still died. <laughs> you're you're relieved. Oh, it's not, oh, it's well, not the person I thought. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm saying that with a wake, you know, but somebody's still, somebody's still dead. <laughs> the grim Re- grim reaper did come for a Mike Vindovich. It just wasn't. <laughs> well, I saw a photo of him too. And he, I was like, my God, he looks old, but, uh, um, in any event, so let's see here. Okay, Nacho, let's plunge into these. By the way, you guys are on a hard count for eleven, right? Yeah. All right. So let's see if we can crank this out in thirteen minutes. Nacho, can you address the lack of sympathy from Husky fans towards Bo Nix? I mean, he lost a leg; it still competed at the highest levels. But all Husky fans do is mock him. Fuck him. Next question. <laughs> the the elf fuck skin. Him, How long fuck him a... and his one leg. <laughs> <laughs> How long of a leash does Inge have with the defense this year? This is from the elf skid. If there's no improvement, I think it'll be time to move on. Thoughts? I love how we all waffle. I, like, oh, it's Inge's defense. No, it's Morrell's new defense. <laughs> it's Inge's defense. <laughs> I, you we're, know, we're all confused. <laughs> the, I mean, they took they took uh, lemons and made lemonade. If you look at last year in its entirety, yeah. um, you know, they they didn't give up forty five points and and five hundred and eighty yards to Texas or anything. So, they got if better. there's no improvement, they got better. So, I think it would have to be like a mediocre defense that got worse as the season went on and ruined it. Uh, you know, we've got a window of opportunity next year with Penix. And uh, do we take proper advantage of that? And if we blow it because the defense does so bad, you know. But I don't know. Um, DeBoer doesn't strike DeBoer. me as a guy that would cut cut line – cut bait so quickly. It'll get better. Any other thoughts? Defense is going to be better. So they're and they're adding some good pieces this year, so Yeah. The Elskid also wants to know how many yards per game will Heward throw at Cal Polygamy he calls it next year. <laughs> <laughs> what week does Penix get hurt and we get FOMO with Dylan Morris at QB? FOMO is supposed to mean uh, fear of missing out, isn't it? I don't quite get that, but okay. Yeah. Stewart, I'll go 299, and Penix, I will go. Uh, he won't. He won't get hurt. I don't want to even put it out in the universe that he's going to get hurt. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're one of those, huh? The program's I think it'll be fine. Up. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I think their scheme, uh, they protect him well. You know, I I think he'll be good. I think he also has to do, like, maybe he has to do less. Like, I feel like at Indiana, he was I had to be, like, the whole team. So maybe that was part of why he's always getting hurt, where now he kind of just fits into – he just fits into making the plays he needs to play. 
that sounds a little bit of, to me like uh, Willie Duke rationalization there, but maybe, maybe five. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Canada dog, chest and Jimmy. We're talking about Dymo, most likely being a functional QB under this staff, seeing as what they turned Jake Pick Six Hainer into. Thoughts on that? I've always said I think that if Morris was pressed into duty, that he would do better than the majority of the uh, Debbie Downers on Hardcore Husky would give him credit for. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if he would take us to a Rose Bowl, but he's better. He's not crap. I think I think uh, the L skid meant fear of missing out of like the Final Four for a big game because we have Dylan Morris. Well, I mean, Anyways. if Phoenix goes down with a broken collarbone in the first game of the first of the year, you know, and then and then you're you're uh, so I don't know if I'm over analyzing his question there, but um, anyways. Do you guys have any quick thoughts on Morris, or should we move on? I mean, if the running, not if the running game yeah. is good, if the running game is good, then why why can't Dylan Morris, you know, win some games for us? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. He would, yeah, he'd win games, but they would not. They would absolutely not have beaten Oregon last year. Uh, they mm, probably no. don't beat Oregon State. Yeah, it's the difference between being eleven and two and being. Nine and four, probably. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, they. they, I mean, Michigan State. uh, You know, Michigan State. Like, Michigan State sucked, but a lot of those passes, you know, Penix was making. uh, I don't like Morris. Is not. You just. I don't know. Yeah, there. It's a bit. uh, I don't need to talk anymore. (laughs) Well, you know, to add to your point there, Morris isn't going into the LA Coliseum and beating USC next November or whatever it is. So. Oh. Exactly. We don't know much that. Of a... <laughs> <laughs> Jake Browning did forward... as a freshman. Uh, no, he didn't, uh, because as a freshman, it was 2007, and we lost at home, and we were wearing those uniforms from the Retto 1960. Jake Husky. Browning. Jake Browning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I hear you use the word Jake, I'm assuming you're talking about your boy from no, Ferndale. I was, so. at, I was at that game. That was that was the first game I went to with Wooly Duke's family. Was two thousand seven. Anyways, I yeah. Jake Brown yeah, went that's to right. the Coliseum and won as a freshman. Yep, that was the that was the night my sister died one hour before kickoff, and then uh, oh. that was a bizarre night. Or bizarre is the wrong word, but because I did watch the game, but. Um, uh, anyways, um, let's see here. Texas Dog, what do we got here? We got six minutes left. Texas Dog. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a joke, a joke. Okay, what news do we hope to hear about the dogs between now and fall camp? Um, that they've added another cornerback. Safety. Add Line another safety. Please. Uh, Dylan, uh, Johnson, uh, Dylan Johnson, in fact, does make it on the team. 
anything else? Uh, I I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, I mean, what could maybe, you know, maybe maybe news that we're upping we're upping the ante in the NIL game for future uh, game, so to speak, for future seasons, something like that. Um, does Sam Heward leaving yes. UW mean the e- end of the family's influence on the program? I think it was already over. I mean. Because well, Damon Damon left, and I don't know the circum. I'd actually like to know the circumstances for why he left. Sorry if I interrupted you there, but no, I would say I thought it was already over. But I'd also say, I mean, I can't remember if I mentioned on the pod or the board, but like just very overrated Husky family. <laughs> like not Damon threw a lot of interceptions and didn't make big plays and launched Oregon's program and Brock never won anything and wasn't particularly spectacular and then now Sam. So good to, good good for them. Well you guys haven't heard it yet, but as Pup says on the intro <laughs> it it was uh Brock Heward and and uh and Corey Dillon's uh comeback against Arizona State in nineteen ninety six that fell just short and would have sent Lambeau to his second Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys. What's that? I thought was that us? Well, was it us that was just come on ninety six being a weird year and that like Corey Dillon? No, that yeah, that was during the uh, the Hay podcast. Hay was talking about it like yeah, like that was their only Pac twelve loss that year, and Corey Dillon did not. I don't think he even played yet, and because Lambright was Lambright was set on fighting for Sheehy. Uh, no, I yeah, but that's yeah, th- I, I'm I only said Corey Dillon. You, you guys haven't heard it yet, but in the pup rant, he, he talks about oh, okay, Brock okay. Heward and Corey Dillon. But yeah, Dillon didn't really okay. start till the week after the Notre Dame game, and I remember he got carries late in the Notre Dame game and was running like it, I just remember yeah. him going for eight yards a clip or whatever. But um, yeah. Let's see here, her, uh, real quick, as we've got three minutes left. Kwiatkowski, can we have more Cedra Woolley talk? Cleveland was a privileged late guy. Um, Roadkill, grub stories, greasers, socials. Soaks, uh, cutters, townies. Uh, Paint a picture, Cedra Woolley has a big... Cedar Roy has a big school district in, like, you know, square miles space. It's like you can go all the way, you can go, like, really far up north, um, and then you go really far south to, you know, like, Big Lake. And Big Lake's where a lot of, uh, you know, people who have money live, you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of, of two parent households. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, it's kind of funny because I I heard this when I was younger. So like Big Lake, uh, literally, it's a big lake, and it's basically attached to Mount Vernon. Like it makes no sense that it's not part of Mount Vernon school yeah. district. But I guess back in the day, 
it was kind of trashy because like most of the outlying areas were pretty trashy. But then like as people started to like realize, oh hey, I want to live on a lake, it got super rich. And for years now, Mount Vernon's been I think trying to get into their school district because it makes no sense that it's part of Cedar Woolley. Uh, but now Cedar Woolley's like fuck no, like we want that tax base. Uh, yeah, Cam Cleland is from Big Lake, so he's basically from Mount Vernon. But he played for uh, Cedar Woolley, and he was super soft, and everyone kind of didn't really like A lot of people didn't like him, I guess. He didn't really have very many friends, and he was kind of like, people kind of talked about him like he was a bitch. Uh, so that's, to me, that's, mm. I think Joey can add in. Mm. Joey, I think that's what I've always heard about Cam Cleland, and that's the, uh, you know, the socioeconomics of uh, Cedar Woolley. Is, yeah, because there's also, like, kind of like uh, – uh, what do you call it, like uh, satellite towns outside of Cedar Woolley, upriver that are actually even shittier than Cedar Woolley that, like, bring in kids that it's like, ooh, like, <laughs> you'd want to annex that to concrete if you could. <laughs> well, then you fast forward a few years and Cleveland's get hit in the face with a sock full of quarters in New Orleans, right? Well, well, people around here, always, like, people in Cedar Woolley are always like, yeah, like, he's kind of a whiny bitch, like, uh, I think there was even some guys who were still like assistant coaches from when he was there who were like, I'm not surprised. He's kind of, he probably didn't want to do all the rookie stuff. So like people probably got pissed at him. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't actually. Much on, I don't actually. I, 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 I like Cam Cleveland. I've met him before. I, I like Cam Cleveland. Uh, yeah. All the, all the stuff. All the stuff you hear is like it's true. People have said that about him, but uh, I I like I like Cam, you know. And he's got and he like had a, he had I'm a, sure people he, yeah. He had he's a good got, career like, the with greatest, uh He's got like the greatest urban legend story. And, well, it's not urban legend. Like it, you know, it was like be- before video cameras everywhere of of hitting a home run. Uh, our baseball field was where the like there's a skate park and a um, oh there's a little league baseball field there now but like where the big or our big fire department and police department is and and it was facing it was facing towards the the railroad track when we were growing up and he hit it like uh, maybe I'll take a picture of where home plate was and put it on on the website he hit it over the railroad track he hit like a 450 foot home run. Uh, as like a junior wow. high school or some, some ridiculous, everybody said it basically quieted, you know, wh- whoever was sitting there watching the game, everybody just sat there like awestruck and silent. <laughs> they saw this, this ridiculous home run that a high school kid, like a 16 year old kid hit. Um, uh, and do you get, Oh, uh, go ahead. If we have time, I'd want to share, because uh, I have a few more minutes, uh, a good Cedar Woolley Rainier Beach, two good Cedar Woolley Rainier Beach stories, uh, if we have time, one of which contains Joey's brother. But, I mean, I have time on my end. Rainier Beach earlier. <laughs> I love talking on the phone. Uh, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> because if someone, I can't get it up. requesting... You Someone's guys are always like in a big hurry to hang up. 
we're not in a big hurry. I am sometimes, but no. It said someone requested Wooly Talk. Rainier Beach High School football came up. There's no way. There's no other way that you're ever going to get prompted for, uh, you know, something that's so on the nose. Uh, but it's and, ha- and there's two. It's funny. So I don't know how it happened, but when I was in high school, Rainier Beach scheduled a home and home with fucking Cedar Woolley. So I was a junior. And we played down at Rainier Beach. And uh, they were supposed to be pretty good. I think they had a couple guys who were like, might have been Husky guys who signed with the Huskies. And Cedar Woolley shows up fucking country. I'm sure everyone was just like, oh, Rainier Beach is going to win 42-7. to And Cedar Woolley went down there and kicked their ass. And, like, specifically, they had this quarterback. I think his name was Junior Lelogo. And he... It's like a, a recruit, and Joey's who's a road lily hillbilly guy. Like he chased him down and sacked him, like in the open. And people being like, "What the fuck just happened?" Uh, and Cedar Lily went like three five to fourteen at Rainier Beach, and the whole stadium was stunned. Uh, and it was pretty surreal. They won it on like a pick six by like this a guy from like Cedar Lily, like. Uh, outrunning, like, he was super fast, but he was a weirdo, but, like, outrunning Rainier Beach's whole team, so it was like a movie. Uh, super fast, it, but a weirdo. Like, yeah. yeah, and then the next year, Rainier Beach came if you were up. Mel, if, you were Mel Kiper, if you were Mel Kiper breaking it down, <laughs> super fast, but a weirdo. God, I mean, going I won't the third even round. get into the... Uh, I won't even get too deep into it, but I believe his dad was responsible for recording wrestling practices and uh, meet. <laughs> you want to know? Wait, what? Uh, all about C.J. Woolley. I don't even know if I want to get into that, but Joey, do you know what I'm talking about? Joey appears to recognize. Uh, well, your phone, your phone, your phone broke up. A, your phone broke up a little. Yeah, bit. I, you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was maybe some other day we'll go into the the, the wrestling program being so, sabotaged by by shitty parents. <laughs> so that's like me with my Memorial Stadium story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can't no, tell that uh, publicly, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, that that Rainier Beach game that was funny. Uh, yeah, I, I I I was at that game, and and the best part was uh, uh, well, two things. The announcer that was probably the best announcer I'd ever I'd ever experienced. Uh, he'd always like segue. He'd say, "Hey, that was a tackle by so and so," and by the way. We got hot dogs for a dollar at the concession. <laughs> it was like, it was, like it was consistently plugging the uh, the concession stand. It's something me and uh, Wooly, something me and Wooly dude's dad always always laugh about still. And and uh, and the the other thing was uh, uh, nobody could get my brother's first name right ever growing up. And you're constantly like correcting people, but but the Rainier Beach guy was the only guy that uh, that got his name right. 
<laughs> it was pretty. It's pretty comical. I can go into why, but I think maybe people can, uh, you know, guess as to why he was the only one to get the name right. But yeah. Okay. Uh, since we're wrapping up, I would say the other, the other thing was the next year Rainer Bleach played up in Cedarwoolly, and that was the year Newheisel was on their staff. So Rick Newheisel coached a game at Cedarwoolly. Uh, which is very <laughs> surreal. Uh, very. Yeah. And then Julie almost won that game. Uh, yeah. You know, that's like uh, me going out to to Gold Creek out in you know rural Woodenville, and standing near that athletic club at a, like a little field there, and thinking, "Wow, the Doors played here in 1969." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. Awesome. You're like, Thank you for the like, courtesy laugh, Joey. The and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's there's New Heisel. Uh that would be weird. Trying to out coach Troy. Yeah, it was it was pretty surreal. Okay, so we'll we'll wrap up with this very quickly. Sonny Shackelford wants to know what to make of no Fresno players ever transferring here to play with DeBoer. Did DeBoer rub players the wrong way on the way out, or is he too classy to try to poach? And I think later in the thread, Race Bannon points out that we did, uh, when Rick Neuheisel came from Colorado to Washington, we did things the right way and didn't try to recruit the players he had been going after, and I think that's probably uh, on par. Except for Taylor Barton. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's an interesting <laughs> callback there, Joey. He came well, from we junior did, college, as I recall, right? San Francisco, something. Uh, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was with New Heisel at Colorado first. Um, no, Taylor Barton. From, uh, Google me right. San Francisco Junior College. <laughs> because okay, so because he came with it was him, Francisco Tapote, and Kai Ellis, and they all were like big time, like. Uh, Tapote and fucking Barton. Barton did beat USC in 2001, I remember, in Pete's first year. True. Pete Carroll. And then yeah, uh, Kai Ellis USC really like never did anything. Kai did recover the backwards lateral against Wazoo in the triple overtime to crush the Cougar Dreams. This is true. So, yeah. well... All right, you guys probably got to go, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we do. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll touch we'll touch base after recruiting here, which is pretty soon, I think. So. All right. Okay. Farewell. All right. Talk to you guys later. Go Cubs. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Hey, ah, Taylor Barton went to Colorado. <laughs> Ninety nine. Yeah. He went to Colorado first? Yep. Oh, but he didn't Told come you. to Washington until 2001, so he didn't come he with... He had to sit here. I, we're both right. I, I see your point, though. Yeah. He had to sit here, so... Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. See you guys later. All right, bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to redo that one, but...